0: This is episode 85 with Natalie Get G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on Your Impactful Journey. (music) Natalie Klenner has a portfolio of experience in social entrepreneurship, program management, speaking, and facilitation. She is passionate about empowering young people to reach their full potential through providing emotional intelligence, social change, and leadership experiences. Nat is the CEO of Game Changers Australia, which is an elite leadership and high-performance initiative predominantly working with the youth, and we speak about Game Changers in detail during this episode. I highly value the concept and the organisation because they're truly having a deep ripple effect in the lives of many young Australians. In 2016, Nat was recognised as a young social pioneer by the Foundation for Young Australians for her contribution to social enterprise. And she was also a founding team member of other initiatives aimed at eliminating youth homelessness through training and employment. What I really admire about Nat and why I believe there's an abundance of inspiration from her life is around the topic of purpose or your why. What we can learn about our deeper drive and reason to bounce out of bed each day and that thing that you commit to that is outside of you outside of you and your needs that it's it's a bigger beast than your personal reality because what i've learned from working with people and studying those who are living a fulfilling life not just a goal driven or quote-unquote successful life in one or two areas but an aligned life with all the key areas most of them have found or created greater purpose and a deeper why it doesn't necessarily mean quitting your job and working in the not-for-profit sector although this is the case for some, it's about how you choose to spend your thoughts and your energy and your time in other areas. And it also relates to the power of human connection and surrounding yourself with other like-minded individuals. So it might be the other volunteers or workers in that space, for example, who are doing it from a place of love and passion. And then there's the aspect that you're making an impact in other people's lives, often people in need. So there's some great insights and different perspectives of all these elements in this chat with Nat. In this episode, we also discuss emotional resilience and practical exercises to implement, leadership, what it is and how they teach it at Game Changers. Many of the challenges that the youth are faced with and how Game Changers helps bridge the gaps. How working at a soup kitchen really taught Nat what it was to be a human. We talk about equality in sport, social enterprise and the power of volunteering and so much more. Make sure you listen right to the end of this one too because just when I thought we were going to be wrapping it up, Nat opened up about the toughest grieving period in her life and how that was a pivotal moment that created big mindset shifts and personal reflection of her values and the changes that led her to her current role at game changers but before we hear from nat just a quick reminder about the impact journey depending on when you're listening to this will depend on which part is still available or when and where it's happening so there's a couple of events and a series of online modules all empowering you to tap into your inner excellence what does that actually mean well your inner excellence is your health your linking of the physical mental and emotional elements of who you are and how you operate in the world your mindset your emotional intelligence to help with relationships and challenges in life helpful habits your breath work the power of breathing to fuel your health inner excellence is your gut health and the gut brain connection It's your holistic health that you have more control over than you realize. So jump online and check out what's available and how you can benefit from it at yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash impactjourney or just jump onto the website anytime to see what events we're offering. I also want to take a minute to read out this iTunes review from another one of you legendary listeners and... Look out, we're on 99 reviews on iTunes as I read this. Almost at the century mark. And 96 of those are five-star reviews. You beauty. Okay, so this one is titled Life-Changing, Mind-Stimulating, Happiness-Creating. Amazing listens. So many aha moments as Robbo extrapolates the real nectar out of each person he interviews. Robbo is an amazing guy has a personality big enough for TV and leaves you planning how you're going to reach the stars with genuine knowingness. You're crazy if you don't subscribe. So grateful for this podcast. Thank you, Robbo. Please keep the gems coming. That was by Prummy from Australia. Well, a personality big enough for TV, hey? I don't watch TV, Prummy, so I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Maybe a show like in Australia, we have Arndo's Brush With Fame, which is awesome, or a high energy and value-giving TV program like Ellen DeGeneres or Oprah Style or something like that. Thanks, Prummy, your champion, for taking the time and effort to write that review and give the five-star rating. And for everyone else who's keen to support this show and allow me to keep bringing you inspiring and valuable guests, Please jump on and give your rating and review at iTunes. We're also slowly building the Facebook community and I'd be super grateful if you could join us in the private group and we can hang out in there. You guys are sharing some thoughts and content already. I'm jumping on with some live videos and some other randomness, providing a little bit of value. It's just a fun, supportive community to help stimulate your experience of life just a little bit more. Search the group section of Facebook for Your Life of Impact podcast community and you can join us there. Now let's hear from Nat Klenner as she kicks it off informing us all about Game Changers.
1: Game Changers is an organization that focuses on upskilling young people to deal with life's challenges as well as becoming community leaders in their area, particularly in their sports clubs. And
0: how did Game Changers come about? I know that you've only been in there for a short period of time, but how did it come about?
1: So it was actually, it was founded six years ago by a man called Jamin Heppel, who was on a few episodes earlier. Oh, we and, know Jamin very well. Yeah. <laughs> and he he had a vision that, he used to be a footy player down in Leangatha and he had a vision that sports clubs could essentially – they could do more for young people. They could serve them in more powerful ways. And so really it's been – it's kind of built from there, program after program after program, which looks like taking young people kind of on a, on a rites of passage leadership journey to empower them to be – to make decisions in their life that are ultimately going to set them on a path of, of where they want to go or when they experience challenges, just maybe be a bit better equipped to to deal with that or to even to speak about them as well. So really it was founded on this basis that there's more that sport in Australia can do to help young people.
0: And we're going to unpack that a lot but before we learn more about this empowering organization and your inspiring life, I want to say, Nat, welcome to Your Life of Impact.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's I'm so excited to be here. It's so cool.
0: Well, I'm extremely grateful to have you here and I know the listeners would be too. And like you just mentioned there, we've been connected through the former podcast guest and all-round legend, Jamin Heppel, and I know he's a mentor of yours. And so when he recommended that I get in contact with you because you would be great on the podcast to provide value to my community, I was pumped because I thought if if Jamin is recommending this person, he's such an authentic soul, <laughs> I know that if a recommendation comes from him, that person will be an impactor that will lift me higher and my community higher. So here we are.
1: Oh, didn't did make me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, such a legend. Such a legend.
0: It's okay to be emotional. We've had tears on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, look, there's no worry about that. It's it's likely to happen.
0: (laughs) Okay, so back to game changers. Give us a bit of an insight into how you guys achieve the empowerment of positive culture and fulfilling human potential.
1: Mm. So we run a few different programs, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about my favorite – program that we run and the one that I think is the most impactful. And so that is a three month program where we work with a community engaging between anywhere between 20 to 30 of their young young leaders in the area who are playing sport. We bring them all together and we'll run a five day residential camp. And on this camp we'll talk about we'll talk a lot about leadership, leadership styles, what it means to be resilient. As well as talking about some of the more challenging stuff, like what they're what they're dealing with in their life at that time, and that might be, you know, that can be a whole number of things. But particularly for young people these days, it'll often be around mental health challenges, stress. It's coming from school or maybe coming from parents. Could be drugs and alcohol and the, the impact they're having in their community, or you know, it could be something even totally different, like being bullied at school. And so often, you know, for young people who we work with who are between the ages of about 14 to 17, they might not have ever had a space to share these kinds of experiences before from a, you know, really giving their whole self to a group of about 25, 30 other, other young people really being seen and acknowledged for just exactly who they are in their, in their good times and also in their challenges. And then... From there, recognising that that is, you know, that's actually what we think true leadership is. It's it's about being able to be fully yourself and to then take, inspire and take a group on that journey with you. And so we'll do, we'll have a lot of sessions in a five-day camp, but basically it's kind of centred all around that kind of methodology. And then from there for 10 weeks, we'll have a mentoring programme which where we, meant, oh, sorry, we match a young person with a chosen mentor in their sports clubs to facilitate discussions around what a healthy sports club culture could look like, what they as a mentor and participant can do to actively make change in their community. And we also get them to design uh, a community event. So as a group, the 20 to 30 young people and their mentors, so we're talking about 40 to 60 people here, We'll design a community event that's going to engage their friends, their families, the local local businesses, whoever whoever's involved in that area to come together for a day to really to celebrate the to celebrate the community, the part and the role that sport plays is it, in it, and also to for the young people to really have that opportunity to step up in their leadership and design something that they've probably never designed before. And then the last bit is our graduation where. We'll have one evening a celebration, and uh, what's really beautiful is that it's a, a recognition of this three month journey and what they've done, who they've become in that time to get there and to finish that off. And so, that's that's my that's my favourite program in everything at Game Changers does because it's it's long, it really engages community on a number of different levels, and we really where you typically find that it changes lives.
0: I love this concept because I grew up knowing nothing else but sport. I wasn't very good at school Mm -hmm. and I needed tutoring to get me through for a while and then I learned how to learn a a bit better and I kind of scraped through. But Mm. sport was what I knew best and it was what I loved, what I was passionate about. But to be honest, I had no idea what other capabilities could come from sport mm. but also if without that guidance, I had no idea what it was doing for my personal development, my relationship and communication mm. skills, you know, my healthy habits and, and by healthy habits I just mean it doesn't mean to actually be exercising all the time but it's food choices, it's sleep, it's recovery, things like that and all these skills that are enhanced in sport. And on reflection, I guess these things were obviously tapped into – but when I look at game changers and the way you guys directly teach and empower this, like you just explained, I realize how much I and my communities, so the sporting communities and the wider communities missed out on by not having this direct influence that you guys provide.
1: Mm. I mean, it's really interesting, right? Because we we are sports focused because we see the power of it and we see how it can be used as a vehicle for social change. And yet our teaching, it's not about teaching how to teach sport. It's exactly what you're saying. It's about How can we as sports people, as sports players, as community members connect, engage with one another so that what we're doing, like say on the field and off the field is just 10 times more
0: powerful and also like a solid life education as well. On that, you mentioned there before that you teach the young ones, there was a lot of things, but one thing that stood out to me was you said you teach them what it means to be resilient. Mm. And what is it that you teach them that resilience actually is and how to be resilient?
1: Mm. We do it through, probably one of the best ways I can explain it is we literally have a day called challenge day. And it's designed to to test them mentally, physically, and emotionally. We really prime them that it's going to be a day that's going to be really tough. They're going to be confronted all within the like the design of a controlled controlled stress environment, as one of my facilitators put it to me recently. <laughs> and yeah, we really aim to we show them in doing that that when things are tough, you just need to kind of take a breath and keep going. Or look to find a team member who can support you and to give you an idea of some of the challenges that we do on the most recent program I was on. One of our challenges, which is pretty, pretty hectic and one of my favorite, is we have a plate and we put a teaspoon of sprinkles on there. We tell them, sort out these sprinkles into colors and, you know, we'll play music in the background as well. And, I mean, no one really ever wants to do something like that. It's, like, <laughs> it's kind of like a waste of time, <laughs> like what's the point? And then, and you know, there would be a range of different reactions in there, like frustration, anger, being annoyed. And then what we'll do is we'll be like, cool, like, well, where else in life are you going to get frustrated, angry or annoyed? And how can you powerfully deal with that and, you know, make this a different experience? And so something is kind of, you know, simple and almost like amusing as that we can really translate into being resilient in life. And another way we do it is at the end of challenge day, which will go for about Four or five hours, we'll do like a a massive group challenge where, say, the group has to run 1,000 laps of the beach. And then in that, they're like, 1,000, oh my God, that's huge. And as more team members join, the faster it gets, the more momentum goes. And then they start to build like a real morale and excitement about it. And it's like, oh wow, like when I've got a team, I can really do this. And then looking at, you know, where teams in their life is going to help them be resilient and move forward with the challenge. So, yeah, that's Brilliant. just some of the ways to
0: do it. I like the – I don't like the idea of me sitting down to sort out the colors of the sprinkles, but I like <laughs> yeah. the idea of how that works. And I could understand how it can draw out some frustration and some boredom mm-hmm. and things like that. And what that – to me, what I sense in that is – You know, that's the emotional resilience part. And that's why I asked you how you teach it to the young ones because the the way that I teach it, the way that I've learned it, the way I think resilience is most powerful to implement is to understand the emotional resilience aspects Mm. because until we can actually control uh, and navigate our life from that emotional intelligence perspective and understanding the emotional resilience, then the physical resilience is only part of the parcel and it's actually mm. like that saying you're only as strong as your weakest link and if your weakest mm. link is you're uh, letting your emotions get the best of you then then that you know that's a weak link that you need to target so i might actually pinch that uh exercise and and put it into practice
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah go for it go for it it's It's like kind of like what you're saying, like it's a really great one where you because you can like the way I see it, like there's one thing to kind of teach emotional intelligence and teach resilience. But what we are really trying to do is to have an experience of learning it where you're literally doing an exercise like that. And we do multiple others as well, where it's you're almost confronted by the choice that you can make in that moment you know, you can see, oh, I've learned a bit about emotional intelligence, I can now put into practice, or I could, predictable as I could keep going the way I've always gone, which is fine as well, nothing wrong. But once people realize they have the power of the choice of how they are, that's what's really powerful, especially for young people.
0: Absolutely. Now, you also mentioned there before that A lot of the challenges with the young people might be they come in different forms. It's mental health, stress in different ways. It could be parents. It could be drugs and alcohol. What are some examples of results that you have experienced within Game Changers with either the individuals themselves or even the wider communities? Mm.
1: So with with the individuals themselves, we'll always do like a survey at the end just to find out how they're going, how they found it. And like I don't want to, you know, brag or anything but majority of the time they'll just tell us that it was life changing which is just so you know deeply profound to know but then moving forward from there for example I I called up a parent the other day to speak to them about something who was a the parent of a young person who was on our program last year and just asked about his son and how he was going. And she said, oh yeah, look, like previously before he did your program, he wanted to go into the electrical trade and be a tradie there, which was awesome. Uh, but now he's actually looking at joining, I think he's joining the Navy and taking up a leadership role in there. And so- I guess what we're seeing is we're seeing young people so often like after our program, they'll want to step into a leadership role of some of some kind in what they're doing. And it'll be maybe they become school captain, maybe they become an advisory board member as a young person. it's That's what we're seeing. And I guess for long-term impact, to be honest, like we haven't done um, that much like long, long-term impact, but- like I would hope that these guys, they're now empowered to, just even to be able to communicate more openly about who they are and what they want in life.
0: Well, especially when you look at it from that leadership perspective. So you said earlier that true leadership is to be – you did teach people that true leadership is to be fully yourself. And I absolutely love that because until you understand yourself better than ever before mm-hmm. and, and then actually embody that, and then to lead is to obviously lead by example and, mm. and once you embody what is required of that and you can lead to, and like you said, to be full of yourself, you think about that from, sorry, you obviously think about it. This is what you do every day but I think about that now in in context of the younger ones, what it essentially could be doing is just lifting weight off their shoulders where I feel like a lot of us at that age and even as we get older, we're probably putting on a mask and trying not, not to be vulnerable and not to allow people yeah. to know who we fully are, but in mm-hmm. actual fact, that's where the real power is. And linking that to leadership, it makes sense that you get results like what you were saying where all of a sudden young ones say, wow, I'm actually really comfortable with who I am. I know I've got so much more to offer and to be a leader is to be fully me that's actually easier than putting the mask on. <laughs> mm, totally.
1: That's just such a such a great way of explaining it. And like, you know, I also get their world. Like if you haven't been exposed or experienced this kind of conversation before, for them it's like school equals fitting in. Like just, just make sure I fit in. You know, I'm happy and stuff as well, but I want to be accepted. I want to be loved. I want to be just blend in there. Which is not for everyone, but you know when you don't have that opportunity to take off the mask for the first time, it's like, whoa, like it's really it's really different once you do.
0: What you guys teach is really powerful, and I'm not sure how how wide this spreads. so you obviously do these group coachings and these camps that is really powerful and in person. I'm from a small country town in western New South Wales called Cobar and I know there's a lot of listeners from all around Australia not living in cities. How can rural communities benefit from what Game Changers has to offer? Is there – and even, you know, we have a a bit of an international and global following. Is there anything on your website or social media or online programs that organizations or individuals from around the world can tap into?
1: Mm. That's a great question. One thing, what we find so powerful is that we, I guess we're lucky is that we're able to physically go to the places where we're going to work. And so naturally that's going to be different for some of your listeners. So,
0: And I mean maybe the answer is that the reason you guys don't is because the real results come from that human interaction, which is the power mm, and importance of it.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of it to be honest. Like I would love to say that there's do- X, Y, Z to make the difference. But I think for people that do want to make, you know, have the kind of impact we have, whether it's in a program kind of way or their own way, it's about creating that space for vulnerability to come through, for people to feel comfortable to, to bring their whole selves. And, you know, often, so often that starts with just confronting personal conversations like, oh, wow, am I even bringing my, my whole self? Like what work do I need to do before I can take this into my community to 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 lead by example
0: Beautiful makes complete mm. sense Now looking back at the sport aspects itself in Australia we've seen women's sport booming in the past couple of years and I think about things like the growth in the netball series uh, mm-hmm. rugby sevens and then of course the women's Aussie rules how has this influenced Game Changers?
1: Mm, I just love that because, you know, like I, I grew up playing sport. I played tennis. I played swimming. Well, not played swimming. I did swimming. And <laughs> <laughs> grew up watching the footy on TV. And when I was 16 or 17, I started to feel just quite disconnected to, to watching the AFL and I couldn't quite – realize what it was and I really stepped away from that world and I got quite frustrated at AFL because I was like what are they doing here and it's now I realized that I could not see a place for myself on that screen there are no women on the field no female commentators and you know pre- predominantly it was just a, a male-dominated sport whereas now what I think is awesome is that young people they're not going to know the same limits that say someone like me, who's only maybe 10 years their their senior had on them when they were young. And so what I think it creates is real opportunities for young people to just step up and to know that, especially in sport, like equality should be normal and should be reached in our lifetime. And just in even what I see in, in clubs now, like discussions in general, Often there's more – there's been hundreds of girls' sporting teams open up around the country, so naturally there's more women and girls in sports clubs, which for men is often such a blessing as well because it can take away from what might be a bit of a toxic hyper-masculine culture. So I think what it's really doing is bringing out more of a balanced experience for for young people in sport, but I think also for older generations. I mean, I think there's still definitely a way to go, but I just think it's such a positive, positive thing to happen in our lifetime. Should have happened sooner, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you've got the Girls and Young Women Leadership Program, right, with Game Changers?
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I was really inspired to create that, just seeing in this current context that we have now where where we're just seeing everywhere, women and girls giving not only stepping up in sport but also being given more of a platform to do that and so having this girls and young women's program as an offering i just think it's it's an awesome thing that we that we get to do to support this movement
0: brilliant now there's obviously a lot of pride and passion in your voice nat (laughs) and i want to know a little bit more about you as a person and your desire to make such positive impacts in the world? Because yes, you're the CEO of Game Changers now. and We've just heard about the powerful impact that that has. But before Game Changers, you co-founded the nonprofit called The Coffee Cart Changing Lives and were the impact manager at Crepes for Change. So tell us a little bit about how you got into that and where your views and your passion and your pride comes from in those areas.
1: Mm, I think I was just I was one of those like, I was just one of those young people. I was like, I want to make a difference. Like <laughs> sounds so cliche, but I think growing up I was like, I would see the World Vision ads on TV and I was like, I'm going to work for World Vision. And then I went to uni, I did international studies at uni, absolutely loved it. And in my last year of uni, I came across – I'd also volunteered – so this is a bit muddled. I'd volunteered at a soup kitchen from the age of about 18 to 21. And it, it really had a profound impact on me there because I i was connecting with people who were really so far out of my social circle. And they, they'd really taught me a lot about what it is to be a human and so in my last year of uni, I, I came across this magazine with the, an interview from the founder of Crepes for Change and read about what he was up to. He'd literally just started the organization. This was back in 2015, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, oh, but it's my last year of uni. I should probably focus. And then I just realized that I couldn't. It was an opportunity that I was not prepared to miss. So I got in contact contact with him And then from there became the first impact manager. And for anyone that doesn't know Crepes for Change is an organization that exists to eliminate youth homelessness. And so personally, like I love, well, I'd lived in France for a little while, so I love crepes. I think they're delicious. (laughs) Um, And also having a connection, a bit of a personal connection to people who've experienced homelessness. It was really, it was a really beautiful combination of two things that I really loved. So yeah, in in hindsight, it was kind of like a no-brainer that I wanted to join them. And, yeah, prior to that, it, I hadn't done any – I didn't even know what a social enterprise was. In fact, I didn't even know when I was starting Crepes of Change. I think six months in, I was like, ah, I understand kind of what a social enterprise might be now.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Back to what you said there when you are working at the soup kitchen and mm. you connected with people that are very outside of your normal social circle – you said there that you learned they taught you what it was to be human. What do you mean by that?
1: Mm, I guess you know, like, so I would go. The soup kitchen was on every Thursday, and I would go nearly every Thursday to work as a waitress. And it was really quite, or volunteer as a waitress, it was really quite relaxed. So there was a lot of engagement that we got to have with people that came, and a lot of regulars. And they were so open to just sharing, to sharing their life with me. The positive positive and also the challenges and also to hear about my life and I was you know there were times I didn't know when I first started if I wanted to share my life you know I've, I've been so lucky and so privileged to have never been in that situation and yet they were just so open and willing to listen and it was also it was a space of of zero judgment there was no judgment of how someone, you know, like you could say that if you're in a soup kitchen, you know, you're doing it, you're, you're probably doing it pretty rough and there could be really judgment on how you got to be in that place. But here, all I saw was community, connection and laughter. And it just, it just totally challenged the, probably the, the stereotypes and the own limits of my thinking that I'd put on people. On people who might be disadvantaged.
0: Yeah, that's really powerful, actually. And when people think of soup kitchens, I haven't actually experienced time in a soup kitchen, but I wouldn't have thought of that of a community and laughter and everyone connecting mm. and sharing.
1: Mm. And we'd have regulars that would come every week. You know, like would have personal jokes with them. It was it was so special. And for that, for also for them to feel like. I feel like where they're coming is kind of like home, yeah.
0: From your experience in these spaces, so not just volunteering in that soup kitchen but, you know, working Mm. in social enterprise, volunteering, uh, working as part of non-for-profits. So from your experience in all of those kind of spaces, what do you feel that people in society – missing. So people who feel lost or are just cruising Mm. in their comfort zone and don't really know what to do to experience more fulfillment in their lives. Do you believe it's community and connection like what the sport offers or do you believe it's committing part of your life to service, for example, the non-profits or areas where your time or your value can significantly support or impact other people's lives. Wow, mm, such a powerful question.
1: I think yeah, you know, I, I think everyone everyone's life looks different and for some people being able to work in you know, a not-for-profit is is actually a real gift and a luxury that they can afford. So I don't think that that is for everyone. I think if you can do it, it'll you'll probably find something amazing. If you can't, that's okay as well. So I think really it's about having connection having identifying what where you want to grow in your life and then being able to seek that out. And when you know what you really care about, what sets you alive, just what you love, then you'll be on a, a constant journey of discovery. I used to think that that we all I believe that everyone has a purpose, but I believe that everyone has a very different route of finding it and when they'll arrive at knowing it. So being, I think, in the constant pursuit of that is probably one of the greatest joys you'll find.
0: Yeah, it's part of the journey, right? So question to Mm. you, Nat, what is your purpose?
1: For me, my purpose is to, I want to change the lives of hundreds of thousands of young people and to help them find who they to be, to be someone of service to help them find who they are and to really have them empowered to make a difference in their
0: lives well you're in the right place as the CEO <laughs> of game changers for that and everything else that's led you to that point that's that's really impactful that's awesome and inspirational too and hence why I can see why Jamin did link us up for you to come on here and share your value. So, Nat, there's a few questions I ask all my guests on the Mm. show and the first one relates quite closely to what we were just previously speaking about. But I'd love to hear from you. What do you believe is good action for people to take to be more impactful in their lives and in their communities?
1: Mm. What do I believe? Can you repeat the question?
0: Yeah, so what do you believe? So I used to ask, what's your advice? But I changed that because there's a few... Uh, influential people that don't like to give advice so now i say what do you believe because i want to be exposed to people's belief systems Mm. so what Mm -hmm. do you believe is good action for people to take so what can we do to be more impactful in our lives and in our communities
1: Mm. i think i believe that for in our lives i really like i look at that as like a level of self and so for me what what I believe is really powerful is knowing what your values are, knowing within once you know your values, being self-aware about them and choosing where to spend your time so that your time is being aligned to things that you really care about. And then in our communities, I think it's about getting looking looking at the challenges in our communities, being being courageous enough to look at where things aren't working maybe where something's getting swept under the rug or maybe there's a conversation that people just aren't having and then being brave enough to address that and even do something about it and and inside of that connecting with with people in your community com- connecting with people that have that like-minded vision that are going to be those people that you know when you're talking about what you're passionate about what what your purpose is that really that have a similar vision and that brings them alive as well because when you've got that, it's just like, it's just a dream. It's insane what kind of action comes from that, as you would know.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. It's powerful to surround yourself with people who Mm. lift you higher and not uh, lower you. And I love what you say there around values, courage and connection. That's super powerful. So two-part question here. Where can we learn more about you, so your social media tags, the website, etc. and then how can I and the listeners help you on your journey?
1: Amazing. Thank you. So Game Changers, we have Facebook, it's Game Changers Australia. On Instagram, we have Game Changers Oz. For me personally, my email is on the website. It's nat.clenna at game-changers.life or – there's LinkedIn. If you really want to speak to me, you can send me a personal Facebook message, and I'll I'll get onto that. And then, how can how can listeners help us? What what we're really I've got a brand new vision. I really want to take game changers at the moment, and looking to really expand across Victoria. Who knows, even across Australia, with multiple three month programs. And so, if anyone knows of of organizations or businesses that would really be keen to, to back us in doing this, then that would be amazing to know about and to speak about.
0: Awesome. And I'll link up all those links in the show notes and people will be able to connect directly uh, if they can help that aspect of your journey. Now, Nat, one of my top core values, you mentioned my values there before and one of mine is giving and I give all my guests a gift for coming onto the show. And this gift for you today is it's one that I've given to a few guests, and it's the gift of a genuine connection that we know the power of. So I read this, I've read this out before, and there's a brilliant article and it was titled "The Gift We Love to Receive, But Forget to Give." And it went on to say, there's one form of giving that involves few costs while offering dramatic benefits to the people around us. It's the single best way to help someone fall in love and the most common way that people find a job. It's also the reason that the Beatles and the iPhone came to exist. And that is an introduction. So when you look at it in that way, it's really powerful. And that's exactly how you came to be on the podcast. And I know this episode will help people think differently and inspire them to make more of an impact. So, Nat, I'm going to connect you with another former podcast guest and a friend of mine, and she's a female athlete and Olympic cyclist, and that's Rach Nalan. And the reason I want to connect you is she's extremely passionate about young females in sport and their holistic health. And I believe that you guys could enhance each other's communities. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to look, but I just feel like this connection could have a resounding ripple effect.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much. That I, I love what you just shared uh, leading up to that as well. That's so beautiful. That, that would
0: just be awesome. <laughs> I'm excited to see where it goes. Now, before we finish off, which we'll be finishing with the uh, fast five questions. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners or anything you'd like to ask me?
1: Well, yeah. I'd love to know why Why do you do this every day?
0: Podcasting? Yeah. Brilliant question and I've shared it a bit but to be honest and you, you talk about there about purpose before, you know, I was addicted to listening to podcasts for a couple of years and then realized that, wow, I've, I've shared my journey with some pretty inspiring and influential people and I know that if I can get them onto the show to share their value, it could make a difference in people's lives and so that was one of the reasons and the other reason is uh, after suffering some quite big adversity in my life and, and having that impacted and this goes back to the purpose, you know, understanding that, you know, my purpose and my mission is about impacting the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. And impact to me is not just about download numbers. Impact to me is about actually providing information, community, platforms, opportunities for people to learn, grow, and develop into the best version of themselves. And you know, you and I were speaking about this before I started recording in the podcast, you know, some of the emails that I get and people reaching out and, or you know, people that I've met and just saying how much they learn from an episode and not just learn but then they know what action to take mm. and just that deep ripple effect. Like that is literally impact and I know you know mm. what I'm talking about because that's what mm. this whole chat has chat. been about. So <laughs> it's really easy for me to commit time and effort and even the investment like i've spoken about it a few times on the podcast that you know i don't make any money the podcast actually costs me money but it's in it's an investment i'm willing to outlay because i keep getting these emails and these private messages Mm. and i know the impact that it's making so the reason why i do it every day is because it's so aligned with my values my mission my purpose and Mm. it just fuels me
1: Mm. that's amazing like i'm don't even know the adversity you went, you went through but to, to come through it and to now have this as a gift from that that you can provide to other people that is so powerful.
0: And that's what I see and in, in talk to people about, you know, there is ways that we can use our adversity to our advantage mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. you talking about before where you create challenge in your programs and the reality is life is full of challenges. It doesn't just have to be big adversities. There's the small daily challenges. How do we handle them? Yeah you know it's that's and then when they are the big challenges and the adversities and i I spent a career working alongside paralympic athletes, and those people overcome massive adversities of almost losing their lives in traumatic different ways or birth defects or whatever it might be you know they they're faced with big challenges and adversities, but the ones who don't get stuck in the victim mentality they're the ones who thrive and become successful in sport and life and they're the inspirational influential people so i guess my perception of those elements is it comes from a few quite a few different life experiences
1: Mm. it's so powerful though your your ability to choose your perception
0: oh yeah and that's a whole area that i teach in my programs and everything too and it probably is what you guys bring in and that's Mm -hmm. exactly right it's choice our perception yeah. is our choice.
1: Mm, totally, and I think just from like from what I'm hearing from you and what I can relate to in my own life is just how there's always, you know, that I always find there's some kind of silver lining somewhere to any challenge, but you have to choose to see it.
0: That's right, and there's also that period of time that you know, deep in the challenge, uh, you you might not be able to see that silver lining, mm, and then totally, uh, and then also straight after that if there's a grieving period in that grieving period Mm -hmm. you might not be able to see it but and that's what it's hard when you look from the outside sometimes you know that but when people are experiencing it you need to let them experience and this goes back to that emotional resilience too where let them experience that pain that discomfort that anger that resentment whatever it is because on the other side of that once they've experienced that and realized hang on that's not actually serving me that's not allowing me to be better that's not allowing me to infiltrate my community and improve in those areas so then when they're ready to To learn and listen and, and and hear and and take action then at least they're coming from that place of experience as well
1: mm. I love what you just said there about letting someone really experience their experience their grief experience their pain and their challenge because what I learned from grief through a period of my life is that it's it's also a sign of love because if you're not like that sign of grief it's a sign of loss it's something you really cared about so it's also it's a really powerful emotion. And when I was trying to get through something, I was researching grief and I was like, Oh, I hate being stuck in this. Like, what what can I do? And I came across this quote, which I'm probably not, I'm going to paraphrase. It was, it says something like those who dare to fully enter into their grief will come out of it with a transformed relationship with themselves and with their world. And that just struck with me so much because it it just really showed me that, that power of choice, that power of perception and that things are, you know, over. there's overcoming grief in any way.
0: How old were you when you were going through the grieving period?
1: I was 24. Yeah, 24. So it was, Do you
0: mind if I ask what, what the grieving was and you don't have to yeah. go into it if you don't want to?
1: No, of course. My dad had two strokes very about a month apart and very, very unexpectedly. And from that, he he went into ICU at the hospital intensive care. He was kind of paralyzed on one side. He couldn't speak to us. And it was kind of like that for for a few weeks. And then he started to get better. And then, and then he had the second stroke. And uh, about a month later, and, and the, the doctors and things were all like, well, it's really not good when someone has a second stroke, which naturally when anyone has any stroke, it's not good. And so, yeah, I was really confronted in that period of my life with a form of grief that I'd never never have felt before.
0: And did your dad pull through?
1: Yeah, yeah, sorry he he did. he pulled through, he's very different now, his psychology is a lot less, and his mental capacity is a lot less than what it used to be, but you know he he's happy, which is awesome,
0: so I'm happy to hear that your dad pulled through.
1: Yeah, yeah, no that's a key
0: message there. So what was your biggest personal learning curve from experiencing that grieving period?
1: Mm. During the time, I was really confronted with, I guess how quickly decisions can be made for me and how quickly circumstances can alter. And in that, that gave me a lot of stress as to whether I was really living the life that I really wanted to live. And I started to recognize more that my... My kind of superpower, I guess, as you would call it, or my passion was really connecting with people. And I saw that work being done for me as a facilitator. And so about four or five months later of kind of building up a bit of really just building up a bit of stress, actually, from from after dad having the strokes, I, I stepped away from Crepes for Change and the coffee cart changing lives because... I realised that I wanted to be a facilitator and pretty much take my career in a whole nother direction. And prior to Dad having those those strokes, that had been, you know, an inconceivable idea for me. I was so set that that was where I was going, and yet it just catapulted me into a direction of just living even more aligned by my values and
0: getting to do even more of what I love. so. And apart from the quote that you Googled, did you have other mentor support through that or was this just something through learning and reflection and really realigning with your values? I, I actually I read this
1: beautiful magazine. It's called Dumbo Feather. It's printed in Melbourne but it's published like Australia-wide and even internationally, I believe. And I came across this whole – there was actually a whole issue that – spoke about different types of grief and different ways of processing it. And so I actually leaned on that issue a lot at the time. And then I also, I created my own fundraiser to raise money for the Stroke Foundation, which was quite a healing process of just really bringing my community together to, to, to raise money and do a fun run. And you know, I'd set a ton uh, fundraising goal of $800 and I was like, yes, I'm going to be so stoked if, you know, my family and I get this and we really make a difference and and ended up raising over $5,000 and I was just just blown away by the love and support that there was in my network of some people, you know, I see every day, others who I hadn't seen or spoken to for years who donated. So it just kind of, you know, it showed me that being open about my grief and sharing my story and what I was going through, there's just always people there that care.
0: Absolutely. What a beautiful example mm. of that. And I've found that personally, and I've seen mm. it with friends and family as well, too. That, that you know, it's similar to what we we're saying before about when you have that opportunity to take off the mask and understand that we're probably putting a lot of the weight on our own shoulders. Understanding that community support and people are actually caring to support mm. you through this, as well as what you're going to change with your internal beliefs and values and perceptions.
1: Mm, totally, and I think I was able to to give also people the option to be a part of something, which you know I didn't even realize I was doing at the time, but now in hindsight, I'm like, oh wow, like people could really, they could really get around that and really make a difference for themselves as well, which was so cool, so powerful.
0: We'll give your dad a high five from me when you see him. Next. Oh,
1: I will. He will <laughs> love that.
0: <laughs> awesome. All right, Nat. So to finish off with the fast five questions. So I haven't actually told you what these are going to be, and I don't want you to give yourself too much time. So this is a little bit okay. like Challenge Day that you have in your programs. So just let it roll a... off the tongue. Whatever comes naturally. Okay. Okay. What's really one...
1: challenged?
0: Okay, here we go. What's one habit you wish you could change?
1: Oh. Oh, probably my my messy bedroom at the moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What makes you feel? absolutely pumped and exhilarated and energized.
1: When I dance, which is quite often on the street or somewhere.
0: <laughs> oh, beautiful street dancing. I haven't got to yeah. that point. I do love to – I'm one of those behind closed doors dancers and I love it you put your headphones on and you just – you feel like you've got a party in your head and you dance yeah. like nobody's watching. But I haven't been game enough to take it to the street.
1: Totally. What I'll do is, you know, if I, I'm getting home at night, I've got my earphones on, it's dark and I think there's no one around. I'll just like – Dance my way home.
0: Brilliant! <laughs>
1: I feel like such a badass. So I, I definitely recommend it.
0: <laughs> Have you ever washed a dog? Yeah. <laughs> That's a challenging question. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised. I, there's been quite a few people on here that haven't washed a dog. Okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Actually, I had uh, one person. I mean, I, think it was-
1: I can understand that. I just didn't think. That's a challenging question.
0: <laughs> Definitely not a challenging question. I think it just uh, highlights some things about people. And I was saying to, I think it was Trav Bell who was on here and he said he hasn't and he's the bucket list guy. And I said, oh, you better put it on your bucket list. And he said, no, no, I'm allergic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Trav. <laughs> okay. Number four, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Trust Trust yourself. And what are you most grateful for in your life right now?
1: Mm, the friends, the family and the, the people that I have in my life that, that love me and that are also really pushing me to grow.
0: Nat, you're a legend. Your passion and commitment to be of service and empower individuals to be the best version of themselves is infectious and inspiring. Keep shining your genuine and impactful light to the world.
1: Amazing, thank you Brett and thank you so much for having me here you know it's it's so special to have podcasts like this where you're just bringing a real a level of humanity a level of authenticity and just genuine connection I just love it so thank you
0: Thank you, I am proud of it There she is legends another inspiring human that is proudly role modelling a way of life that is congruent, giving and fulfilling Make sure you check out the show notes of this episode to find all Nat's details and the Game Changers details and be sure to connect with her if you can help her journey as she mentioned. Remember, you can also join our podcast Facebook community when you search the Facebook groups for Your Life of Impact Podcast Community. Check out the website, yourlifeofimpact.com and see what events and programs we have happening and be sure to reach out if you're keen and committed to make positive change in your life. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.